everything down here is just... Right, we are in a series um, looking at, as we've seen, uh, encounters with Jesus. So if you've got your Bible, uh, would you just turn with me to John chapter 3? I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 18. They will be coming up on the screen as well, so you can read along with me. Um, So John chapter 3, 1 to 18. Now there was a man of the Pharisees, so the uh, religious leaders of the day, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel Do not wonder that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everybody who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we've seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I had told you of earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe, how can you believe, if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So I say, we are in this series, You're Invited, as we look at some stories in the New Testament, these accounts of Jesus' life, as we look at uh, people encountering Jesus, meeting with Jesus, and seeing how they are challenged, and transformed, and changed, and confronted with who Jesus says he is. And our prayer, as we come through this series, is that we too will be changed in meeting Jesus. The promise of Scripture is that as we come to Him, as we come to Scripture, we see Jesus and we're transformed. 2 Corinthians 3, you know, we now with unveiled face beholding the image of the glory of God are being transformed into, uh, into the same glory from one degree of glory to another. That's the promise. And so as we come and we see Jesus in these settings, we expect that that's going to be what happens to us. So just as People meet with Jesus and are changed. We expect that that's going to be true of us. Whether you count yourself as a follower or believer of Jesus now or not, that's what we hold in faith for this series. So today we're looking at Nicodemus, a religious leader, as you say, 
uh, who comes to Jesus in the night, in the night to, to disguise the fact that he's, he's coming. He doesn't want people to associate him with Jesus. Jesus is a bit of a controversial character. He's already said some pretty controversial things in John by the time we get here. We're only three chapters in, um, but he's already ruffled a few feathers. And so Nicodemus comes at night to uh, disguise the fact that what he's, of what he's doing. And he, what he wants to do is he wants to just get behind Jesus. So we see Jesus do these signs. He's healing the sick. He's, uh, you know, he's raised the dead. He's doing all this stuff. And, and so Nicodemus says, you know, there's, there's a sign here. I want to understand what's going on. Who are you, Jesus? And what are you teaching? I know that you're from God because you're doing this stuff, but, but what's going on here? And so many of us at different times may feel a bit like Nicodemus, whether we're a Christian or not. We might feel like we approach our relationship with God or any conversation about God with questions. What, what is this? How can these things be, as Nicodemus says? And Jesus immediately in the conversation cuts across Nicodemus and his questions and his doubts and says, whilst you've seen the sign, you cannot see what the sign is pointing to unless you're born again. The sign makes no sense apart from what the sign is pointing to. And you can't see what the sign is a signpost to unless you have been born again. Jesus says, as he's teaching elsewhere, you know, the, you know, seeing they do not see, hearing they don't understand. You've got ears to hear everything. You've got eyes to see. And yet, you don't see. You don't hear. And Jesus is saying, the reason you don't. The reason you don't is because you need this new life in you. Until you have been born again, you are dead to the things of God. And so, as we come, so, 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 so Nicodemus hears this. He hears this. You must be born again. And he, and he doesn't really know what to do with it. Is, it. is it some sort of ritual? I've got to sort of recreate my, the conditions of my birth. I've got to somehow do this. Or is he, is he sort of ridicules Jesus? What, are you expecting this to happen, to be born again? Jesus says, I'm, I'm talking about a spiritual birth. You are dead, that you are spiritually dead. You need to be born again into the spirit. What's born of the flesh is the flesh, Jesus says. But what is born of the spirit is the spirit. And, and then he says, you know, it is not, just so John 1, as John is introducing uh, his gospel, he talks about uh, we are born he is those who believe in him those who receive him jesus are born are made are given the right to be called children of god not by the will of the flesh nor by the will of man but by the will of god this isn't something we do it is something that god does in us so nicodemus can't go away and go right okay i need to go be born again i need to go and make that happen he can't do that God says, Jesus says, no, the wind blows where it wills. Is that, it's, it's God who's going to produce life here. It's the Spirit who's going to come and produce this. It isn't you, and it isn't on you to try and do in yourself. So going to church, praying a prayer, they're not going to do it for you. Nicodemus is flummoxed by this. I'm a, I'm a religious leader. This is all I know. I only know how to answer questions and, and <laughs> do rituals in order to purify myself. What do I need to do? Jesus says, we can't get anywhere with you as you are. We can't get anywhere with you as you are. You must be born again to understand these things. And so he switches 
from talking about what needs to happen in you in order for you to be able to see what I'm talking about. I've, I've come from heaven. I bear witness to what I've seen, but you can't, receive my, uh, you can't receive what I'm giving you because you're not born again. So Jesus talks then, he switches from talking about what needs to happen in you to talking about what he is going to do to produce that in you. And he refers to uh, a... To an Old Testament story in Numbers. It says, These signs make no sense to you until you are born again. And he uses this story, a story that Nicodemus would have known quite well, to illustrate what he is going to do. The Son of Man, he says, must be lifted up as Moses raised the serpent in the desert. The story he's referring to is this. Jews taken out of Egypt, out of slavery, come in, are led into the desert to, towards the promised land, and they rebel against God. They reject Moses. They reject God. And so God, in his wrath against his rebellious people, so sends serpents into the camp. And people are bitten and become sick, and the disease takes them, the poison takes them. And so the people come to Moses and say, Moses, pray to God that we would be forgiven our sins. We want to be forgiven. And so Moses goes to God and God says this. Moses, create a bronze serpent and put it on a staff and hold it up above the the people of God. And whoever looks at it will be saved. So what is Jesus saying in that story? As he he reminds Nicodemus of that story. So just as the serpent was lifted so too will the Son of Man be lifted. Jesus is saying, that thing, that cursed thing, the image of the wrath of God, now becomes the means by which you enter into new life. The means by which you receive forgiveness. The means by which you can know Him and be free from the poison that is in you. Your, your questions, your doubts, there is something behind them. They're just the veil. The big problem is the, the curse of sin and death. The poison in your veins. And if I'm going to deal with your questions, I've got to deal with that. <laughs> the questions are some, uh, just a veneer. The real problem is that you are dead to the things of God. You must be born again. How will that happen? God will reveal himself through his son, through the revelation of Jesus. So it really is true, seeing is believing. Jesus says, I will be lifted up. I, the son of man, will be lifted up on the cross, blooded, bruised, and bleeding. And the image of the wrath of God poured out on his people shall become the means of salvation for those who believe. And the means of salvation. Those signs that meant nothing to you, now suddenly they make sense. I've been, in, I've been in settings where people have said, you know, if only God would come down and show us himself, or if only he would do this miracle, I'd believe, I'd believe. If I saw God do a miracle, I'd believe. But he hasn't, so. But Jesus says, no, no. <laughs> he says, even if you saw someone raised from the dead, you wouldn't believe. Because the issue isn't a lack of evidence. The issue is your heart that is dead. 
you need new life. You need a new birth. And so that's what he's dealing with in Nicodemus. And so that's what we're doing today. As we've sung, as we preach through this series, we are lifting up the Son of Man, Jesus, making him known. You know, the, that is Paul's ministry. I, you know, Jews demand signs. This is Nicodemus, a Jew demanding a sign. Give me a sign. Jews demand signs. Greeks seek wisdom, an answer to their logical problems. But we preach Christ crucified, the Son of Man on a cross. But this, is, this is your answer to all the world's problems? This is your answer to why suffering? This is your answer to why is the world like this? By hard questions, the answer comes, Jesus on the cross. How does that answer my question? Paul says, it's a stumbling block to the Jews, foolishness to the Greek, but to all who believe, Jew and Greek, it is the wisdom of God and the power of salvation. As we go through our series, we're going to be inviting you, just as Jesus invites people again and again, come and see me. John's gospel is full of that. John the Baptist sees Jesus coming out of the desert. He says, behold, the Lamb of God, come to take away the sins of the earth. Look at him, look at him. The calling of the first disciples, one goes and runs after another and says, come and see the man, we found him, we found the Messiah, come and see him, come and see him. This woman of Samaria, after meeting Jesus at the well, goes to her village and says, come and meet the man who has told me everything I ever did. Come and meet him. Come and see him. Whatever questions you have, I promise you there are good answers to them. But you need to see Jesus. You need to see him on the cross. Because that is how you will receive new life. You don't need a... You don't need to bring anything to see him. Just look, look, come and see. Come and see him as he's there. Come and see his love for you. Come and see his joy in you. Come and see his giving himself to you. Come and see him free you from your sin and your sickness and your doubts and your questions. Come and see, come and see. I love these guys brought, <laughs> waiting in line to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. I want that for you. Because I know that until you do, you're going to be muddling around with questions. Why this? Why that? We now, with unveiled face, the veil, the veneer of questions and doubts, gone. I see him. and I'm being transformed to be like him the promise so as we go through this series come and see him <laughs> come and see him I'm going to finish there but let's just pray before I hand over um, to these guys again so if you just want to stand with me we'll just pray Father I thank you that you don't Leave us to our own muddied and muddled thoughts. Father, I thank you that you are not at the end of a religious ritual or a philosophical journey searching for answers. But you have come down 
and you have revealed to us heavenly things. And you've done it through the means of being raised up, (laughs) Son of Man, on the cross, bearing our guilt, bearing our shame, bearing our dead hearts in order to bring us new life. Father, I thank you for this, and I pray as we go through this series that you would be revealing yourself to us again and again, and even this morning, as we worship you, would you show yourself to us again? Give us fresh eyes to see. We don't want to be blind in this. Lord, bring us new life. Bring us new eyes. Bring us hearts that worship.